Hey, so welcome to the next edition of Movement 8 podcast. I'm here with uh, Phil Bannister, current CTO of Redbrain. Um, the C, uh, Road to CIO series uh, is where we talk about the mindset and journey uh, of um, C-level uh, C-level executives. So, Phil, could you just give us a quick rundown of your journey to kind of the C-level uh, that you've uh, that you've got to now? Yeah. Hi, Rick. Uh, thank you. Um, so, I guess um, I. I mean, I've got such a long career, if I to go through it all, we'll be here till Christmas. But um, I had a really good grounding in my very first role, which was at Toby Restaurants, which wasn't technical. It was systems analysis, project management, a bit of overseeing software development. And that really led me to understand right from the outset that tech wasn't about um, doing tech for tech's sake. It was about doing it because it drove business needs. Um, so when I then sort of stepped up into management and leadership roles, um, I found actually I needed to bolt in the, the what I call the technical knowledge. I, I've never um, thought of myself as being a, a technical um, IT person, for want of a better phrase, because I never did the hands-on technical roles. Um, mm. But as I went through, obviously, you've got to understand uh, the technology side at a technical level. So. Um, most of my roles involved um, the architecture and product view of what we were doing and, and building out from that. But it was always in the context of what does the business need, not what do we need from a tech perspective. Um, I, I guess my first sort of proper step into uh, I technology leadership would be when I was at um, Group 4, uh, as it was uh, way back in the day. And that was yeah. a transformation role of both the tech and the business and um, that was quite an eye-opener working in that type of role about the different perspective needed and from there I did a lot of roles across that business that had very similar things but the actual businesses were different and that helped me learn about businesses very quickly so one of the things I've always been able to do is pick up on businesses um, what, what the drivers are what's important very quickly so that all came together when I kind of got my first um, C-level role uh, at G4S, as it was by then, in one of the business units. And uh, that was fairly short-lived for various reasons outside of my control. And um, I built on those in Serco and subsequently in Brightside and Redbrain, where I had um, various C-level roles. Each of those, I learned something different. Uh, Serco, for example, very different business, but also um, one of the things I had was... Uh, uh, I, I was looking after uh, five um, IT outsource contracts delivering direct to customers. Um, where, so I had um, full PL customer responsibility, and that taught me a heck of a lot about uh, delivering services to businesses and, and thinking about it in that context. Mm -hmm. And then Brightside and Redbrain, again, much smaller businesses, learning different things at Redbrain, for example. Uh, we do a lot of all our own software development, uh, do data. Um, processing in on very large scale and so i've learned uh, there about that but also being able to apply my experience to to help redbrain on that journey so kind of it's it's been a, a actually if you i'm near much near the end of my career in the beginning and it's been a a, a long old journey but uh, very enjoyable all the way yeah and so so your your 
kind of early earlier career uh, was quite quite different to a lot of people that that, that I speak to um, in that it wasn't necessarily kind of a, a deep deeply technical position so I guess you you almost learned the business before before tech yeah very much so um, when I started at Toby restaurants Toby was part of the what was then the bass group so all the bass IT systems were geared up to deliver for the, the pubs they had and they didn't have anything for the for the uh, the restaurant chain that had just been established so um the whole thing was about understanding what did a restaurant business need and providing the tech that enabled those um, restaurants to function so um i also had a very good boss who at that point who thought about it from the business perspective not from the um not from the tech perspective but obviously the whole rationale was that we were delivering tech so it yeah those together okay brilliant and 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 did did your did your career almost kind of grow organically or, or or can you look back and think there was a point where you almost targeted kind of the CTO and C level C level positions where you kind of thought okay that that's an attainable attainable goal for me as a as a career um it was definitely the former it just kind of grew organically i've always just um aspired to be the best i can be i guess and and push myself to see what that led to but I, I used to joke with a, a, a friend that um I'd, I'd kind of get to I got to the sea level and then look around me think how the hell did I get here what's happened <laughs> <laughs> it, definitely, it definitely wasn't planned um yeah I, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm, I'd be not I'm not saying I wasn't ambitious and wanted to get as far as I could but it wasn't that I had to get to a particular role it was just okay I've got here what what comes next and just keep pushing myself on in, in that way yeah um, and were there were there particular kind of uh learnings or, or, or kind of things that you sought out in uh, to improve your leadership skills as you as you went through that transition or, or was it did was, was training provided by the companies you were with how, how did that how did you upskill yourself um a, a variety of things i think yeah obviously um uh the, the company provided um training in in various areas that, particularly in the non-tech areas, um, the sort of the soft skills that you need. I also have always tried to push myself into a personal development. So I put a lot of um, effort into, uh, in quotes, improving myself, um, just learning yeah. about how I can be better. Um, and also uh, going back to when I was at, well, I started at Group 4 and went through a, a lot of variations, but I had a boss the, who initially was the FD of the business, um, who was a brilliant mentor for me um you know typically tech people say oh, i don't want an fd as a boss but in my case it worked really well because he he saw his role as being a really commercial role and he really helped me understand what it took to be um a leader in um non-technically but with a technical focus in in a business that wasn't a technical business uh, so you know so we were about yeah rather tech the business need to work um and we worked together for a lot of years and um his mentoring was probably the thing that helped me most transition from being a a manager to a leader yeah so I've run I've run events uh, and and obviously done a few of these kind of video video podcasts with with similar similar you know CIOs CTOs um, and it's the it's the one common theme throughout is everybody had 
um, a a strong a strong mentor, whether it was um, somebody that they'd sought out or whether it was somebody that you know was a was a boss or it kind of organically organically happened. Every single person has had that kind of mentorship throughout their career. That's that's uh, I guess accelerated their accelerated their journey to to, to C suite. Would you say that that's kind of a key? a key for you and, and is that sort of a piece of advice that you would give to somebody who's trying to make that next step to, to towards the sea level absolutely find somebody who can help you um i guess build relationships and understand what's going outside on outside the world of tech um it's very easy to be tech focused and it's all about the tech that's part of the story but you absolutely need to be happy to engage on a business level with other c-level um, leaders in, in you know, operations or, or uh, um, the cfo those sort of things and be able to talk the same language as those so having somebody who can help you do that and open doors for you to start developing those conversations and develop that understanding i think is really important that yeah you, I, I would agree with you. i think that's the most fundamental thing that if you want to if you aspire to get to kind of the sea level leadership then that's what you need to be doing yeah yeah and like i say it's 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 a theme that runs runs throughout um so you kind of partly answered my next uh my next question but did you consciously need to make the shift from um, operational manager to to a business leader and and what how how did you approach that kind of change in mindset uh, and I guess becoming more involved in strategic thinking as opposed to, you know, um, operational detail? Yeah, it, uh, I, I think it was less about the operational detail for me. It was more about the transition to thinking more broadly beyond tech because um, kind of as I went through, as, you, you know, I, I was, as I've been saying, it was always moving and thinking beyond just tech. And I thought I was pretty good at that. It turned out I had a huge amount to learn when I ended up um, sitting on um, uh, execs and boards and so on. But um, what I thought was uh, not talking about tech, they thought was being quite technical. So yeah. uh, it wasn't, but that, that was a real eye-opener. So I had to make a conscious effort to um okay i've got to go a further step beyond where i am to be able to talk about the things that are relevant to them but with a looking out through a tech um lens that that was quite a quite an interesting experience i think i probably had that most at Brightside, where we had some very uh good and experienced leaders who un actually understood tech but were clearly coming at it from an insurance perspective because uh they were uh, we were an insurance business yeah and and was there was there kind was that was that kind of first first board meeting and, and, and exec meeting was that kind of a light bulb moment or or, or and, and did you consciously then make that transition or, or or again was it kind of something that you realized over time and and now it's only looking back that, that at that that meeting that you're kind of like yeah that was that was the moment I wouldn't pinpoint it on necessarily the first meeting, but it was definitely a wow. I've got to change how I do this and how I um, how I articulate things because I thought I was doing it from a um, a non tech perspective, and and they still felt it was 
in quotes to tech so yeah, yeah. It was, it, that was a real uh, eye-opener for me okay and no um no cto cio or or, or cdo or anybody I've, I've ever spoken to has had a smooth has had a smooth ride uh, you know there's always things that go things that go wrong um uh, and this is probably my favorite my favorite part of the uh, the, the, the the session um for you is there a is something is there a kind of a, a a career defining what went wrong and and how you solved it and something you grew from um i think there's there's, there's two one um that really stood me in very good stead for Kind of how I've tried to lead going forwards. It goes back to when I was at Group Four, and I was in that the, the, the sort of transformation leadership role I was talking about, and uh, we had to make a, a big change to a particular system that um, I was overseeing, and it went horribly wrong and caused quite significant business issues. And when we were having the post mortem with the chief exec and my boss, who was the FD, I was. Um, I guess attempting to justify why the um, not why it wasn't my fault, but why why, why things had had gone wrong. And the the chief exec let me go on for a while. He was looking at me over his glasses as he did, and 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 eventually asked me, uh, Phil, what's the first rule of holes? Um, I don't know. So, when in a hole, stop digging. Yeah. <laughs> and I just thought that was a brilliant way he'd. He did it in a really constructive way that I, yeah, I was just digging a hole. There was no, you know, there was, there was no way out of it. I was just kept digging, yeah. and, and that, that, has, you know, that's going back. I can't imagine now, say thirty years maybe, and that's always stuck with me as an approach to, yeah, when you're dealing with things go wrong, um, and if you want people to learn and be better and uh, help them grow. <laughs> Adopting that approach is much more constructive. Um, so I kind of you know, think things have gone wrong and I've always tried on a personal level just to go, yep, it's gone wrong and this is what we've done to fix it. And also when people, things go wrong, encourage them to take that approach. So that'd be one. I think the other one can I, where- can I, can I, sorry, sorry, can I just ask you something on that? So do, do you think that um, that kind of taking ownership of, um, you know, mistakes do you think that's something that's that's evolved in the last kind of 10 years or so because cer certainly from uh from what i have seen um uh, you know historically it wasn't very um it wasn't very kind of uh what's the what's the right phrase it, it wasn't the done thing to kind of own your mistakes i, I feel like the authenticity that's kind of come through in leadership now is much more of a yeah we we cocked up but this is what we're going to do to resolve it fix it i no, I, I definitely agree with that um i i'm just trying to think back to kind of various roles i mean interestingly there's also a cultural piece for how businesses behave and um one of the things that redbrain had a problem with before my time was the leadership who are involved and aren't there now kind of went down the, the, the blame route and and yeah there's still somewhat of a legacy of people who were around then have been a bit worried about owning mistakes and you know the, the current leadership team um are very focused on making sure that 
you only grow if you learn by mistakes. So um, we need to own them. It's much better to acknowledge them and then build out from there. So that, that was a cultural thing. But I think um, looking back, yes, um, probably, yeah, you're probably right. It's about 10 years ago. I think Circo was probably the first time I saw that. Um, G4S had quite a culture of you can't own up to mistakes. It was just a, quite a challenging environment. Um, mm. But Circo, uh, when Rupert Soames came in, was very much about um, we creating a culture where, yeah, mistakes have were clearly made and mistakes will yeah. be made. It's about how we fix them, not about worrying about shooting the person who made the mistakes. Yeah, and 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 you're absolutely right to bring up uh, culture because if you don't have that culture of trust, then nobody's going to put their yeah. put their hand up and say I messed, I made it, I made a mistake, are they? Um, yeah, exactly. Sorry, I I interrupted you. You were going to okay. tell me about the the, the second uh, what yeah, went wrong. Yeah, there was one where I was. Um, I, I guess I, I I kind of didn't learn the lesson until relatively late on in my career but it happened relatively early in my career where I was promised uh, I was in a business and it was going to be yeah you'll get we're going to create a uh, whatever it's going to be called I'll call it a CTO role I don't know and and it, it'll be you because you're the obvious candidate and then I was strung along quite a lot for that and then there was an acquisition and the, per, the opposite number in the acquisition got it and I didn't and I hung around and that um, was I, I didn't I think with hindsight now, um, it's kind of not just sort of sitting there and being passive, it's taking more ownership and being prepared to, um, okay, nothing's happening, I'm going to move on. Um, and I've, I've kind of adopted that much later in my career than perhaps I should have done. But I've also enjoyed myself because you know, I think one of the most important things is that you enjoy what you're doing. If you don't enjoy what you're doing, what's the point? Yeah, absolutely. And that, and um, again, out of the the road to CIO events that um, that I've run that that that's again quite quite a common theme is if if the CTO role or the CIO role or the role that you're targeting doesn't exist in the business that you're in then then you have to make some you have to make some decisions like you say you have to take ownership of your of your career and go out and go out and find that find that role or a business that you know you feel you can progress to that role in um so I think that's a, again just a very valid point about taking ownership of your of your career. Um, so look, I think that's that's pretty much everything um, as far as uh, as far as I'm concerned, and that I wanted to cover. It's been a real pleasure um, talking through your your journey to uh, to C suite uh, and learning about kind of you know mistakes that have been made and your kind of hints and hints and tips for for, for people to take ownership of their career. So thanks a lot for, for taking the time to talk to me. Thanks, Rick. My pleasure. It's been a good conversation. Thanks very much.